Well, today's gospel is a very interesting one. And it's funny how they chose this first reading from Wisdom, the book of Wisdom. I want to kind of weave in between the two. But the gospel itself, it is found at the end of the gospel of Matthew, and it is directly speaking about the second coming of Christ. And it speaks volumes about how you should live your life like one of those bridesmaids, ready for your death, ready for the second coming, ready for the end. Pretty much every wisdom tradition in the world has said that. It's not something that is even contested. The only way to really be alive is to live as if I'm ready for death. And it's true. There's another aspect to this, too, and that's this aspect of wisdom. Because the foolish bridesmaids are also um, the, put in contrast to the wise bridesmaids. And I was thinking about this whole parable, and I, I realized, maybe you don't fully know the Jewish tradition, so I'll walk you through it. First of all, in that century, a man and a woman, when they are to get married, they come together and they make their formal vows. They, they promise their whole lives to one another. After that, the man goes off. The woman remains in the home of her father. And he, the man goes off for about a year on average. And the man builds a home, literally. That's why he goes off. He goes off to build a home to make sure that he has a place to receive her when she left her father's house. When she left her father's house. And finally, when the husband is ready, everything comes together and they have this official wedding ceremony. So they have one a year before and then one after. And that wedding ceremony at the end is when the groom is going to come, or the bridegroom is going to come for the bride. And in those ceremonies, they have a lot of bridesmaids, like we do nowadays. I mean, it's the same thing, and except for maybe even more so. To have ten bridesmaids is not exaggerated. And you also have the groomsmen. Well, their party lasts forever and a day. It lasts seven days long. Seven days of a wedding party. And at the height of the wedding party, um, the bridesmaids and the groomsmen do something very special. It, it's still seen in Jewish weddings. You may have seen in movies or you may have been to a Jewish wedding. I don't know. But uh, you ever see them dancing at Jewish weddings with the bride and the bridegroom on chairs? You might have seen it like in movies and whatnot. Uh, where they're dancing around and the bride and the bridemaids are in the chairs. Well, it's reminiscent of this time period where the groom would finally, in one of those ending days, he would come for the bride and he would take her to the bridal chamber. And then when they would go, it would be locked. But the way they would do that is all the groomsmen and the bridesmaids ready would lift them up and carry them all the way to their uh, bridal chamber in which they would be locked for the night and no one else can go in. And 
so when we're reading this parable, that they would be waiting with the torches, because it was either lamps or torches. They were the same word, right, in Greek. We don't know. And so a lamp would be something where you only need a little bit of oil, but a torch is something that you, you know, you have a stick and wrap cloth on the end and you dip it in the oil or you cover it with oil. So there's a lot of oil needed. Okay. So they're there with their torches. They fall asleep. It's now midnight. Uh, their torches don't have enough oil anymore. And so they're like, what are we going to do? And that's the scenario. Are you going to be a wise bridesmaid? And now the coming of the Lord in this parable is the end of times. The end of times is not supposed to be something scary. Death for us is, of course, scary. But at the same time, it's not. Because we believe that God is coming for our soul. That the hound of heaven is coming for us. And so when the bridegroom is coming for our soul, which is we are the bride, and he would be the bridegroom, well, these bridesmaids that are supposed to carry us, so it's like the church that's supposed to carry us, well, half of them are foolish, and half of them are wise. So hopefully that paints a little bit better the scenario. And so you're grasping it. Now, I really, really, really like that, because... I think that one of the things we're lacking the most is wisdom. I think we live in a world where knowledge is at the tip of our fingers. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, not long ago, maybe 10 years ago, <laughs> I read a book called The Remedy, which is a nice book, and it covers the history of the development of antibiotics. And they're amazing. Can you imagine right when they invented antibiotics, all of a sudden you take a pill and it goes in your mouth, goes down to your stomach, and it doesn't kill anything except the bad thing. It goes like, like a homing missile and it kills the bad. Absolutely amazing technology, the antibiotics. But that's just a drop in the bucket. We have so much knowledge now just at the tip of our fingers with the phone. But I don't think that we have wisdom. I don't think so. I think it's what our world is lacking the most. It's like we're carrying a lot of big guns around and we don't know how to use them. We could do a lot with our life, but we don't know how to live it. And that's what this gospel is talking about. This idea of being a wise virgin or a wise bridesmaid is this idea of trying to find out how am I to live, to prepare myself in a way that's beautiful, in a way that echoes into eternity. Uh, that's the heart of it. And wisdom is so desperately needed today. I remember, I remember the very first time I met my community, um, the priest was talking a lot about the importance of wisdom. And I remember walking over in the chapel and falling on my knees and saying, this is exactly what I've always felt our world needs. We need wisdom. And wisdom is such a beautiful thing. I mean, you see it shining through the mountains and through the flowers. 
You see it in this, I don't know, the matriarch of the family that knows all about love and the one that all the people can talk to. You see this wisdom as this thing where that old man has climbed up the mountain and has a big white beard. This wisdom is what we need the most. And, you know, we don't live in a faith that is just looking for wisdom. We don't. All people are looking for wisdom. That's almost the definition of what it means to be human, is to love wisdom. That's, if you don't do that, you're subpar. But there's something even greater. Wisdom itself, wisdom itself has come to dwell among us. And what does that mean? We believe that when we come to receive God, we're receiving wisdom. And we believe that if we spend hours in prayer, we're gazing upon wisdom incarnate. We believe that our whole work is to conform our heart and our mind to the wisdom that's already given. It's so present. It's right before our nose, but we don't see it. We always go looking over the fence at something else, and we miss it all the time. And wisdom is just simply shown in the cross. And see, that's God telling you the light goes bad. No, it's me, God telling me i got to change that light bulb. But nevertheless, yeah, the cross is the way of wisdom. It's like the definition of wisdom. Learning how to forgive from the cross in the, the person who crucifies you. That's the definition of wisdom. Learning that whatever walk you take, it is going to be a walk of sacrifice so that love may have the last word. A walk of wisdom that says, I would rather be the lamb so that love be victorious than to be the lion so that I might become the devil incarnate. This wisdom that says there's only one way to win in this life. Only one way to have the last word. And that is the quiet, gentle breeze of God's love that's been given to you. And so... There's a lot to this parable and the first reading, and the first reading is so beautiful. I remember when I first entered as a novice, um, and when we would read it or sing it, sing from different passages in that book, and I would almost be in tears, because first of all, I was probably pretty emotional because I left everything, but also because it's beautiful, because it's so beautiful, such a beautiful passage, the Book of Wisdom, and it is that to which we are called to long for wisdom, and to encounter it in the person of God. And so let's pray for a moment. I mean, this whole Mass, we're trying to pray, but let's take a moment right now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, I don't know the way, but I know that your Son is the way. And we are all poor sinners. May our lives be conformed to him. I know that he is wisdom. 
And may he teach us to be that wise virgin, that wise bridemaid, waiting for the coming, preparing our lives for eternity, living every day as if it is our last. Help our lives not to be passed in vain, but really to search for meaning in every moment. And help us to have faith that our lives are meant for joy, are meant for peace, and not meant for this chaos and this violence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.